It is good to have all of our guests, all of our visitors. And if you're here and you have not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I promise you today is another good day to receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, hallelujah. And we know that the Lord is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And he is uh, doing great things in the world and in and around the world. And we see also, of course, so many signs and, the, and so many strange occurrences and anger and fighting. And just seems like... The world is on a on tinder hooks, if you will, is on a it's a powder keg waiting to explode, and and everything is very uh, angry. And yet the Bible says, by nature we are the children of wrath. And I know we talked uh, Wednesday night about the enemy, our flesh, and how that, um, you know, sometimes we are the ones that uh, sort of stand in the way ourselves of uh, what we need to receive from God and how we need to be and how the enemy will do his best to get us off track and uh, sort of, uh, if you will, uh, responding in our old nature. We have a different nature, though, if we're a child of God and born again of the water and of the Spirit. And that's what it's all about, is trying to say, Lord, I want to live according to this different nature. And you say, well, I feel like I'm two different people. Well, as a matter of fact, you are. Paul said, there's a war going on in me between the flesh and the spirit. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't have the Holy Ghost, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are, I don't know how you're going to win this battle with the spirits that are out there in the world today unless you stay full of the Holy Spirit. Because I can tell you that it, it just seems like uh, everywhere you look, everybody is just sort of immediately. In fact, I, I, I saw a, um, uh, a, a new phrase, and I'm trying to re remember it. It, it, was, uh, uh, it, it was a phrase about the culture, and it said that after, because of the prevalence of social media and because of how quickly information is disseminated and people can put uh, snippets of videos on whether it's Facebook or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever the, the platform is. And I've preached about it. I'm not against those things, but how immediately people can be swayed and moved and angered and, and all kinds of outrage and yet uh, find out that, well, that wasn't the whole story. And yet that wasn't the whole sort of uh, report. It was, that was a portion or taken out of context or, or whatever. And, and yet here's, that's the hour in which we're living where, where things are just immediately disseminated to uh, the world and people uh, then respond, respond angrily, respond uh, with uh, an attack and they don't feel bad because they're not saying it to your face. So they put it on social media and they will say hurtful things and they will say uh, terrible things. And I, I've, I've seen uh, so many examples of people uh, just, you know, uh, adding something to a Facebook post or adding something to something else and, and, uh, and, and it sound mean and angry and mean-spirited. Maybe they didn't mean it that way, but because of the medium, uh, it, the way it's communicated, it can sound really, really hurtful. So that's the hour and the spirit in which we are living. So if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, Amen. it's going to be hard to be kind. It's going to be hard to be nice. It's going to be hard to love. By this you're going to be known as my disciples. What was it? By your love. And you say, oh, I love everybody. Nobody makes me mad at all. <laughs> oh, really? 
Well, I don't know where you're living. But I can tell you where I'm living. Maybe it's, maybe it's the heat. It's easy to get hot under the collar. Just seems like any time. It doesn't matter where it is. But hallelujah. I'm gonna, we are growing apostolic legacy, which means that we're trying to grow spiritually and we're trying to grow in every way, in our giving, in strength, in influence. We're apostolic, meaning we believe in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and revival and being kingdom-minded, evangelistic-minded and missions-minded. And we also have a great history here. We have a tremendous legacy in this church as uh, numerous individuals that have come through and been a part and I don't believe that history is over. I'm thankful for our young folks and those that are coming on. So I'm going to preach or teach for a little bit on knowing the will of God. I know that everybody probably has wrestled with this at time or two and trying to find out what is the will of God for my life. And I, I realize that it's not a, uh, it's a, it's a subject that could be uh, spent books and books and books and years and all kinds of things on and, and, and it has, uh, the, the controversy goes, uh, in fact, I was thinking about all of this and praying and I, I, I just uh, remembered uh, about an old, uh, uh, I couldn't find it, I looked for it last night, an old book that I had read about Hezekiah and, and it was about the will of God because when Hezekiah was a good king, a king of Judah and he prayed in the Bible that and he wept the Bible said wept sore when Isaiah came in and told him Hezekiah get your house in order you're going to die Hezekiah prayed you can read it in Kings Old Testament and, and he, he cried and asked God please extend my life I don't want to die and he did not say as recorded in the Bible in his prayer he didn't say Lord let your will be done and it just says that Hezekiah that Isaiah came back and said the Lord heard your prayer and has extended your life and he lived another 15 years now the reason that becomes controversial is because after Hezekiah prayed that prayer and lived another 15 years we find that two or three years after this prayer, he has uh, a ch new child, a son by his wife called Manasseh. Manasseh becomes the most wicked king that Judah ever had. And so would Manasseh, this wicked king, have been born if Hezekiah had not? And then later, Hezekiah himself uh, sort of disobeys God, fails to trust God, and ends up sort of we would say not in favor with God when he dies and so the controversy becomes was Hezekiah's prayer in the will of God or was it out of the will of God and that's what you know you can just read and read and I you know don't ask me the answer to that that's for theological minds that are greater than mine to figure out because sometimes unfortunately you can't go judge by circumstances you can't judge by things to know what if you know God allowed it and the Bible does say there's a verse that says he can answer our prayers to the and it uses the word leanness of our soul in other words he can answer a prayer and it end up being not necessarily the best for us so that's why we encourage people to pray Lord I would like for you to do a, B, C, D, E, F, G. But add this part, Lord, I want it to be according to your divine will. But Lord, whatever your will be done. And Jesus himself modeled that. If you remember in the garden, when Jesus said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. In other words, I don't want to have to go through the suffering of the cross. But then he added that nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So sometimes people use this 
verse, this set of verses to describe the will of God. And and it says in Romans, the 12th chapter, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so sometimes folks have said, well, there is a good will of God and a perfect will of God and, and, and a, an acceptable will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect. And yet, maybe that verse really didn't mean there were three kinds of wills, although there have been times that people have looked at that and understood that, number one, Paul was writing this letter to a church. He was writing to saints. You can read in the very first chapter of the book of Romans that it was written to saints. It was not written to sinners. It was not written to the world. It was written to saints. And that these people had acknowledged, because they were followers of the Lord, that they wanted the Lord to be in charge of their life. There's no way you can find the will of God for your life unless you ask for the Lord to be in charge of your life. I mean, if you were to say, well, pastor, what do you want me to do? Then I could tell you something to do. And you could say, I'm doing exactly what the pastor asked me to do. If you never asked me, you would never really know You understand? And so that same applies to the Lord. Unless you ask the Lord to, uh, you know, I want you to be in charge of my life, you will never really know if I'm walking and living in the will of God. Next, uh, another point to that is these saints and Romans that were the letter was written to had, had basically acknowledged that they knew that the Lord knew more about them than they knew about them. In, in other words, if I'm working on a job and and or you're, we're over at church and somebody says, Pastor, what do you want me to do? You want me to sweep? You want me to clean? You want me to dust? You want me to... Okay, then somebody else has the overall plan of what needs to be done. You don't ask that question if you think you know as much as somebody else. Amen. You know, if you go to work and the boss, you know, you you don't ask the boss, what should I do? If he's told you every day I want you to come in and stand here and do X, Y, Z. I want you to stand at this machine and make you just come in and... Go to that machine. You don't have to go every day and ask the boss, what do you want me to do today, boss? He's told you what to do. You know what to do. But now if you work another job where it changes from day to day, then you come in and say, okay, boss, where do you want me to go today? What do you want me to do today? What, you, you see what I'm saying? You put, you allow yourself to be uh, under the authority of someone else. These saints also had, had acknowledged in some way that the Lord's plan for them, they felt was better than their plan for them. And if you don't acknowledge that, God, you know better about my life than I know, you can never know if you're in the will of God. In other words, if I think, well, this is really what I want to do, and Lord, I want you to come alongside. It's kind of the old sticker, God, you're my co-pilot. You know, Jesus can't be your co-pilot and you be in the will of God. At some point, when you receive the Holy Ghost, when you've been, you're buried in the water in the name of the Lord, there is something about you're basically trying to publicly say, Lord, I want you to be in charge of my life. I want you to direct my steps. I want you to lead my life and to guide my life. I'm asking you to be in charge. I'm acknowledging that you know more than I know about my life. 
And that's the only way you can truly sort of get in, in that sense of the will of God. In fact, Jeremiah said, I know that your thoughts about me are of peace and of not of evil and to give me an expected end. And I guess maybe the best illustration that I can give you is that of, of some sort of a, a tool, a hammer, let's say. The hammer, you don't go out and, and the hammer is not dedicated to a task. If you buy a hammer or you buy a saw or you buy whatever, it's not dedicated to something. In other words, you don't go out and you go, I, I know you can, get a, you can get a dedicated hammer. My, I, I got some of my grandfather's tools and one of them looked like a hammer to do metal. It had a ball on one end and, you know, was, you know, to take dents out of something. And you know what? My, I've used it for all kinds of things. I don't work in metal with it. But the hammer, just like this, you know, is not dedicated to a task. In other words, you don't go out and buy a hammer and the hammer say, okay, I'm going to nail sheetrock. And I go, well, I would really like for use you to pull a nail, but you're just dedicated to sheetrock hanging. I can't do that. I'll have to find another hammer. Huh? I, that, when I buy that hammer, there's the carpenter or the builder. I can use it to knock a hole in the wall. Huh? I can use that hammer for whatever I choose. Now, I may wrongly use it. I may abuse it. I may break the handle. But the point of it is, it's my hammer. I use it the way I want to use it. You see the analogy? Am I dedicated to a task or am I dedicated to the master? In other words, I, I've seen people say, well, you know, Lord, you know I want to do A, B, C, whatever it is. I felt like God wanted me to do this, and until I do it, I'm just, I, I'm going to do that. And I won't be in the will of God until I do that. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, when you are buried in his name, what you are wanting, what you are basically saying is, Lord, I want you to take control of my life. I want you to use me. I want you to work through me, you know, and because, and, and Paul told him in, in Ephesians, he said, be not unwise. You can understand what the will of the Lord is for your life. This is not some great mystery. This is not something that you can say, well, I don't understand. It's a God will. What does God want? I'm going to tell you today. And we'll, by the time we get through this evening, I will have told you exactly what the will of God is for your life, especially, you know, and you may say, well, maybe the grand will, yes. And yet I want to tell you, it's like a big target. If you can't hit the grand will of God or what we would often refer to as the sovereign will, will of God and that is if I'm not you know in the sovereign will of God the good will of God I can never be in the acceptable will of God and if I'm not in the acceptable will of God I can't be in the specific will of God does that make sense? It's kind of like rings on a target. As you narrow that focus down, the sovereign will of God is that there's going to be a church. The sovereign will of God is that some people are going to serve him. And the sovereign will of God is that at one day, the Lord's going to wrap all of this up and, and we're, he's going to judge the earth, the quick, the, he's going to raise the dead. And it's going to, we've read the book of Revelation. We know what's coming. That's going to happen. And the Bible says the earth is going to burn up with a fervent heat. I don't know that this, this weather is that prelude to that, but what I'm telling you it is, is that the Lord is letting the whole planet know in a moment I can change a weather pattern, I can change this, I can change, you say, it's global warming, it's too much coal, it's too much carbon, however you want to say it got there, God's not out of control, he knows what's going on in the planet, you don't have to be afraid you don't have to be wasteful but at the same time know that our God is still in control and his sovereign will is he's going to wrap this whole thing up 
at some point. Now I know that's hard to imagine. You say, well, where is the promise of his coming? They've said it since the day began. Well, I'm telling you, he's, he's not, he is not uh, coming. In other words, he's not on his way because when he gets here, it'll be the twinkling of an eye. When he says it's enough, it's enough. When the cup of iniquity is full, it's going to be immediately full. Don't worry. The Lord's not going to allow it to happen one more day. Daniel said, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say unto him what doest thou Isaiah said the Lord of hosts has sworn saying surely as I have thought so shall it come to pass as I have purposed so shall it stand what are you saying I'm saying to you that there is a sovereign will of God that this world is under a fast track it doesn't matter I don't care if you elect all Democrats I don't care if you elect all Republicans. I don't care if you get a United Nations at work. I don't care what your solution. They, no one will be able to stop the sovereign plan of God from coming to pass. Whether you shut down one coal plant or a hundred coal plants, God's will will happen because that's what he has purposed. You say, well... Uh, you know, this is not, we, we, can, we can do enough and does that mean that I should do nothing? No, I'm not saying that, but by the same token, what I'm telling you is that there is nothing we can do to stop this planet from doing what the Lord said it's going to do. Amen. And he said it's going to burn with a fervent heat. And, and I, I mean, I'm fine with, you know, I, I don't litter. I try to be respectful. I don't, I don't try to waste energy, all of the above. But, you know, amazing that we would say, well, we can stop the planet, the coming destruction, the volcano. We can stop them all. We, what? In fact, I read a thing where it said, you know, they got an early warning system for Southern California for earthquakes. I didn't even know they had it on their app. And they have a special app that sent out a message to all the people. And they said it worked perfectly. It didn't go off. <laughs> they said they had the parameters too narrow. That it actually worked, but they had the parameters too narrow. And they said if they had had the parameters where it should have been, they'd have had 10 seconds. Praise the Lord. I'd like to know 10 seconds. I mean, can you imagine if it would have gone off the mass panic? That, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you're in a building, 30th floor, and it goes off and it says you got 10 seconds. That's if it would have worked. It didn't work at all. And they said it worked perfectly. But anyway, I, you know, just amazing. We, we think we can, we can't. Let me tell you, we will not change the sovereign will of God. That's why I, I, you will hear me say on the November the 5th or 7th or whatever it is, the day after the election, I can tell you who God wanted in the office at that moment because that's how he orchestrated it down. God is in control. That doesn't mean that I agree with him or support him, but I'm telling you God is in control of the, who the kings are, who the leaders are. He he knows it all. Amen. Now, from the good will or the sovereign will, some people use the word the moral will of God is sort of the next, the good acceptable will, the moral will of God. The acceptable will of God would be that sense that the Lord wants people to live for him. That's the moral will. You know, that's the most important Part for me is that I want to live for God. That to follow the Lord's commands, to allow the Lord to lead me, guide me, listen to his word, and that sense of the moral will of God. As a matter of fact, Simon Peter wrote about it. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing. His will is not that any should perish. 
God's will is that no one should perish. God is not up there trying to do what he can to destroy people. You say, well, I don't understand. God's so mean. God, let me tell you, God's not wanting anyone to perish. That's not his will. But people don't live according to his will. And that's why the Bible will talk about you can be a fool and die before your time. And I mentioned, I mentioned, you know, Wednesday night about how that, uh, and I, I, I mentioned about how that for 10 to 12 years we were involved in Vietnam, America became outraged that we lost 58,000 young men and they demanded that we get out of Vietnam. In the 70s, remember that, some of you? And yet, every year, every year in the United States, they, they list at least 400,000 deaths that are attributed to tobacco use. Every year, they, they list that at least 25,000 people die because of alcohol-related car accidents, not counting how many... But we're not outraged over that. Huh? In 10 years, it would be a quarter of a million people or more that die because, directly because of that. And yet, that's okay. That's an acceptable thing. That's not a problem. Huh? You see what I'm saying? When you stop and think about, you know, what's going on, it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In fact, Luke says, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. You can understand today, I, I'm here to tell you that if you don't, if you want to say, Lord, I want to be in your will, the first thing that you need to say is, Lord, I want you to save me. I want you to reach out and cleanse me. I want you to change my life. I want you to take my direction. I want to I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my pilot of my life. That's the first step in finding the will of God is saying, Lord, I need to repent. I need to have your spirit because you see, that's his will for my life is that all of us be saved. You say, well, I, I want his will. I want his will to find a job. I want his will to find a, a husband or a wife. I want his will to know what school to go to. And his first thing is, I want, I want you saved. I want you to live for me. Ephesians says, having predestinated us to the adoption of Jesus Christ to himself. Why? According to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, you were not here by accident. Sorry. I don't care if you were a mistake. I don't care if you didn't know your dad. I don't care if you didn't know your mom. I don't care how you got here. I don't care if they found you in the ditch on the side of the road. You're not a mistake. God ordained, predestined you to be filled with his spirit and to be buried in his name and for you to hear the gospel what a privilege it is to know that he had wanted to adopt me as his child it doesn't matter you may say I don't understand why me why my family why this why I'm going to tell you why his will was that no one should perish he intersects people all through their life trying to make an impact to bring them into his will he wants us in his will. You say, well, I, I can't. It just seems like my life's falling apart. I don't understand. I'm going to tell you the will of God is that you're here, that you're hearing a word, that you're saying, you know what? I can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Wow. I can be part. I can have a new dad. I can have a new mom. Now, you, you go on. Moral will. I, there's, like I said, hundreds of scripture. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, and he goes, See that none render evil of any man. Follow that which is good. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give what? Thanks. And this is the will of God. Now, that's not always easy, is it? 
So once you embrace saying, I'm going to be a child of God, then I start, he wants to change the way I live. <laughs> oh, man. What are we doing? We're trying to get into the perfect will of God or the specific will of God or whatever word, the individual will of God. In other words, if I can't, if I'm not in the moral will of God and I'm not saved and I'm not trying to live a different life, there's no way he's going to say, well, now, Lord, should I take this road left or this road right? He's going to say, first, I want you to give thanks in everything. Yeah. Huh? He wants you to rejoice. I want you to pray without ceasing. I don't want you to quench the spirit. Oh, pastor, pray for me that the Lord will help me. Know his will. Well, are you doing your best to try to live for him? Are you doing your best? To, why? Because that's part of knowing the will of God. I can show you where it says. In fact, Paul later, earlier in Ephesians, said it like this. We are his workmanship, created into Christ Jesus unto good works, as God hath ordained before that we should walk in him. In other words, this is what he wants for us. And, and, and the, the, the point of all of that is, once I get all of that, then I can move and start saying, Lord, I want to know your individual will or your perfect will for my life. But so many times people are trying to hit the target on the perfect will of God and yet before they've done the moral will of God. You know? And unfortunately the specific will, the perfect will, whatever word you want to use, the Lord says, <clears throat> told them, Solomon in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If you are acknowledging the Lord in every way that you know, then you can expect that he's going to direct your path. If I am not acknowledging him, if I'm not saying, Lord, I want you in control of my life. I want you to lead my life. I want you to use me. I want you to, huh? If I get up every morning and I say, Lord, open the doors that you want for me today at the work and let me be a witness at a lighthouse and a, and a huh? Then the Lord will direct every part of my life. David wrote it in Psalms. I will instruct thee, teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Boy, wouldn't that be amazing if you could just have your children, you know, you ever give them a look, you know, and they respond. Just with your eye. Y'all ever have parents that would give you the look? I had parents that would give me the look. I'd know the look. Huh? Uh-oh. I got the look. What am I doing wrong? What's going on? The Lord said, I want you to be so familiar with me that I can just look and you'll know which way, what I should do. How, you say, oh, pastor, I don't, I, I can't, I, I don't understand. I, I, I've always wanted to be whatever. Fill in the blank, you know. Missionary, king, prince, Star Wars, astronaut, I don't, whatever it is. Lord, I want your will in my life. I want to do my best to follow you every day. I want to do my best to live for you. <clears throat> Psalms 32 said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way. I will guide thee with an eye. Not like a horse or a mule. You ever heard the expression, he's as stubborn as a mule? None of us, but I'm talking about other people. What that means is that God's got to put a bit in your mouth and because that's the tender part, you know, and sort of yank it every once in a while and get my attention. Oh, Lord, I don't 
want to have to have a bit in my mouth. <laughs> a bit and a bridle. Why? Because at some point I, I would rather be, I mean, imagine if you could ride a horse and, uh, you know, and I, I have seen horses where, you know, just the pressure on the knees or on the feet or at which way you lean, all of a sudden that horse knows the direction to go and knows, and, and yet there are some that, you know, you, you're uh, yanking, huh? And you're thinking, man. Which kind do I want to be? I want to be in the specific or, or personal or, per, uh, you know, will of God. What you want to use the word perfect or, or whatever word you want to say here. You, you see, it, it, this will, this perfect will of God can't be discovered unless you're trying to live in the moral will of God. And then you see, God is able to even put the very desires in your heart. The Bible says in Psalms, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What does that mean? That I can come to God and say, Lord, I desire a new car and a new house and a new... No, all of a sudden when I start praising him and delighting in him, he will put a different desire there. Something else will be there. Instead of saying, I got to have this and a this and a this, all of a sudden I just want to be in your presence. I just want to feel your spirit. I just want to worship you, Lord. You've been so good to me today. I can't do anything but say how good you are. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Rejoice evermore. And again I say rejoice. Amen. All of a sudden he puts something in there. And yet the battle becomes whenever I fill in the blank. Well I've always wanted to whatever, you know, work in a circus. And I'm not going to be happy or fulfilled until that time happens or I'm not going to be committed to God until the Lord makes a way for me to work in the circus. You know, and, and I, I understand God wants to use me like this. He wants me to be in a circus. And until I can be in a circus, I'm not going to serve God. Well, let me tell you, you'll never get in the will of God that way. Amen. You've got to be like the hammer, Lord, whatever it is that you've opened up for me to do, I want to do it with all my might as unto the Lord. I want to do it to the best of my ability. Why? Because Paul told him in Corinthians, God hath distributed to every man and the Lord hath called preachers. Is that what it says? The Lord has called who? Everyone. This was written to a church. So let him walk, and so ordained I in all churches. What was he saying? Paul was saying that every one of us has a specific will that God knows about our life and he knows what we are, where we are, what we're going through. And you say, I, I don't think it really matters to God whether I work at State Farm or at Allstate or at Nationwide. Well, let me just tell you, I, you're gonna, it's going to be hard to convince me of that. I, I believe in a God that is pretty specific. He knows exactly where we need to be, when we need to be there, and how... Yes. You say, if I am following the moral you understand? If I'm following the moral will, then he's, he's ready to work on the, all the specifics of that individual. The perfect, he, he's ready to get down into the minutia of your life. You say, I, I, I don't know that I want that much detail. Well, let me just tell you. Let me tell you how meticulous God is. He wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? You lost four hair last night. Huh? That's pretty specific. Every once in a while, I look in the shower or in the sink, and I say, Lord, you count those? <laughs> Only pull them out of there and put them on the ground. If it's on the ground, it makes you count. Huh? What do you say? I'm saying that you don't have to struggle saying I know I need to know the will of God. If I will get in the moral will of God and commit my ways to God, God will direct 
direct your path. He will know exactly where you are. He'll open the doors that need to be opened. He'll make a way for you. He will lead you and guide you if you'll get that kind of desire to say, I want to be in the will of God. The problem is that we only sometimes use the will of God on an emergency. You know, oh my Lord, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> they just, that boss just came in and said the whole plan is shutting down. Now what am I going to do? Oh my Lord, Lord get, show me your will. <laughs> Guess what? Walk in it every day and the Lord's going to make sure you're in his will. If the plant closes down, if it opens, God's going to say, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. You're in my will. You're trying to live for me. You're trying to do. Huh? You say, but oh, pastor, you don't understand. It's an emergency. Let me tell you, with God, there's nothing that catches him off guard. That's why I said this planet, whatever happens, the heat wave, God knows everything. He knows what we have need of. In fact, he knows how many sparrows die. Yeah. And in fact, one verse talked about, you know, two sparrows for one farthing and five sparrows for two farthings and God knows about the free sparrow. Imagine that. You know, two for one, you would think four for two, but since you're buying so many, we'll give you five sparrows. And the Lord said, I know about that fifth sparrow, that free sparrow, and that would not be the good one, you know, that'd be the little scrawny run of the bunch. They threw in for free. That's how detailed God is. So don't ever think for one moment that God is not concerned about your life and that God doesn't know where you are and what you're going through. God knows everything about my life. He knows what I'm going through. He knows. But you see, the point is, and in fact, we just went, not this past week, but last the week before, we went to North Carolina and, and, and my nephew's wedding, and I got down in the hills of Virginia Virginia and somewhere in there and all of a sudden my phone wouldn't work and my navigation system would shut off huh and, and I would look around and I'd think well there's got to be a tower somewhere and I'd drive through a tunnel and anybody you know, know what I'm talking about and they tell you, you know, well, the best thing to do is connect with Ethernet to your router, but it was going to be a long cord. <laughs> and I'm so used to Wi-Fi, I just said, no, I can't do it. But what are you saying? I I'm saying that, you know what? When I get out of the moral will of God... I start losing the signal. Yes. 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 When I get into the hills of my own making. <laughs> and so that's why we tell people, you know, be in the house of the Lord, worship, read your Bible. What are you doing? I'm trying to stay where I can get here. The signal that the Lord is sending out. Why? Because he will be near to all of those who call on him. But if I only call on him in emergencies, you know, unfortunately, how is the Lord able to direct me whenever the only time I see, talk to him is once a year? Huh? Huh? You say, but pastor, I, I want to be in the way. He said, he will, he will fulfill the desires of them that fear him. He will hear their cry. He will save them. What are you talking about? I'm telling you, whenever you are trying to do your best to live for God and stay close to God, I'm telling you, the Lord will hear you. He will respond. He will let you know what you're doing. I'm telling you, you will not be in a quandary of I don't know what I'm doing. The Lord will lead you and guide you and direct your path. In fact, he said it like this. You say, well, I want, you know, I need lightning. 
there's an Old Testament story about the prophet that, you know, there was lightning and wind and earthquakes and then there was a still small voice, you remember? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they know me. And there's, and, and I know my, my time is really up, but the, the word of God, I'll talk about these tonight maybe, but how does the Lord speak to me through his word? He, the Holy Ghost, will talk to me. The ministry. You know, you can find godly counsel that can talk to you. Circumstances. Paul prayed, Lord, give me an open door. And set before me an open door. And so I've told these young folks whenever they're in school and, and they're trying to live for God and they're dedicating their lives to God and they're trying to follow God that if, if all of a sudden it just seems like I don't get it, I can't pass the test, I can't, I, 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 I don't like it, it's not worth it. I, uh, and they're doing their best and they're studying and they're not goofing off and they're not... You know what? Say, hallelujah, Lord. If you want me to change my major, change my If you want me to get a job, I'll get a job. Yeah. Open the door, Lord. Yeah. Shut the door that you don't want me in. Amen. Circumstances, common sense, wisdom, whatever word you want to use. God can use all of that to speak his will to us. And let me tell you, you don't have to live a day saying, I don't know if I'm in the will of God. But he is not going to deal with the specific will of God for you until you get in his moral will. Because that's the most important thing to God. Let me tell you. Whether you live for God or not is not going to change the sovereign will of God. The Lord's going to have the gospel preached around the world. Whether Amen. The Lord will have a pastor of this church, whether it's me or not. That, huh? Amen. The sovereign will of God, the Lord's going to have a church. The Lord's going to have people that are going to live for him. If, as a young person... If I'm not wanting to want to live for God, God's still going to have young people living for him. The sovereign will of God's never going to be changed. Now, the moral will of God is up to me to say, Lord, I want, I want you in my life. I want you. I want to try to do right. I want to try to follow your word, the teaching of your word. And I'll show you the verses. And, and I want you, you know, quench not the spirit and all those... This is the will of God and everything gives that, huh? That's up to me. And then the perfect or specific or individual will of God, the Lord wants that for us every day. And, and I've seen it. I, I've seen it in crazy, crazy things. I, I remember we had a man one time that told me, Pastor, I always wear a tie to work. He worked in this machine area and where's the where's tie and he said one day I got up and put my tie on and I just said I don't know this doesn't, I don't want this tie and I put on another tie I don't want that tie oh, this just doesn't feel right I don't like that I don't know, something like he had an old clip on tie he clipped it on okay I'll wear a clip on tie to work that day he was looking something happened machine he was looking bent over and boom the tie got caught came right off his neck and the guy turned and said boy you're lucky you wore a clip on tie he said it wasn't luck the Holy Ghost that he didn't even realize it was the Holy Ghost but there was a voice there was something a feeling I know you're not living for God by feelings, but the Lord will be that specific. Yes. There was a time I was driving down the freeway and I, you know, I just driving and I, I'm a racer. They like to tell me I grew up in NASCAR. I never liked it. But <laughs> I pass everything. And I came up on a truck and I got up beside him and I was just zipping along and all of a sudden he just said, I don't, I shouldn't pass this truck. 
thought, that's nuts. I shouldn't pass it. So I eased off and got in behind him. And about the time I got in behind him, his front left tire blew and he just came right over into the lane, down into the median. Stopped. I got out. The trucker was all right. He had held it up. But if our car would have been there, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't say God speaks to me every day about passing or not passing or vehicle. Most of the time, that doesn't happen. But I'm telling you, that day, I just got this weird whatever. At the time, I might have thought it was broccoli or too much asparagus. But whenever I saw the result, I said, Lord, I thank you for being that detailed in my life. You say, well, the Lord could have protected you. I know it. The Lord, I got it. I, the Lord, I got it. But guess what? He did. He chose that way so that I could have a story that I say, Lord, I thank you for knowing how many hair I got. I thank you for knowing everything about me. I thank you, Lord, for being involved in the specific will of my life. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you say, well, pastor, I, I would like to have that kind of angelic, supernatural visitation. And I know some people talk about it and they, they're able to tell you, well, you know, the Lord told me to wear this shirt this morning. Actually, it was my dad that came up and said, don't you forget, it's Tropical Sunday. <laughs> I guess that was the Lord. I had my coat on. He said, now you're, you're going you're gonna to bother these kids, you know, so I guess whatever. But let me tell you, the first step is to say, Lord, I want to align myself morally. Spiritually, I want to repent. I want to be buried in your name. Why? Because I'm tired of being the only one that's in charge of my life. I'd like to have some help. Oh, I, I can work out my own financial problems. I can work out every place I need to work. I can work out all my schooling. I can work out all the decisions of my life. You know what? I'd rather have help doing all of that. I'd rather have help. How do you get that help? By first committing yourself to him and saying, Lord, I need you to be in my life. I need you to be in my life. I want you up in my business. That's what I want. I want you in my business every day I, because I want to be able to know when I'm, whatever it is that's going on. So that's what we're here today for, is to make that first commitment. If you need the Holy Ghost, come, join us. The church is going to come. If you need to repent, if you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, come. Hallelujah. The altar is open. The Lord is able to put you into the middle of his specific will.